Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. want for him to be lifted up, amen? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, my name's David, I'm one of the pastors on staff, and today I can't wait to bring the word to you because I believe that God wants to raise the standard of what we offer in this place. What I mean by that is that God has called all of us to be like him. And the way that we're supposed to be like him is number one, in the way that we love. And so today, I wanna talk to you about how to love people when they don't deserve it. How many of you have some people like that in your life. You've got some people in your life that you're like, they, they really don't deserve it. How many of you, that person is sitting next to you? No, don't raise your hand. I'm just, I, you know, we all have those people in our life. Loving people is not always easy because they don't deserve it. I don't know about you, but I find really, if you break it down, nobody really deserves to be loved. But some people really, really don't deserve it. You know, there's like a scale, you know? But not in God's eyes. In God's eyes, nobody deserves it, but everybody gets it. And so today, I believe that if we're able to understand how God loves us, then hopefully what we can do is we can say, God, if you love us that way, and you've told us to be like you, then... Today, we can love people the way that you love them. Unconditionally. Not based on their response. Absolutely, just the way that you do. So, how to love someone when they don't deserve it. Well, I, I, I wanna, before we even dive into this, I, I, I feel the need to redefine, well, I shouldn't say redefine, is clarify the word love. Uh, in society today, love it's got a lot of different, you know, uh, applications. I mean, you could say I love for a lot of different things, you know, like I, I could say I love donuts. And it, actually, that's pretty true. And, and no matter which definition you use, I really, really do love donuts. You could ask my family. It's somewhat of an addiction. But we, I, 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 love, I love donuts or I love, I love this sports team or, or you know, we use that word very flippantly. But when we're talking about the love of God, it's not, it's not quite like that. You see, our definition of love is very feelings-based. It, it's, it's about what that thing or person or object does for us. It's how it makes us feel. And so we love something because of what it can do for us. But God's love is very different because the way that the Bible defines love is a, much, is a much deeper meaning. You see, the way that God loves us is not based on what we do for him. God loves us because the Bible says that he is love. It's a part of his character. It's a part of his nature. And the word that's used in the Bible um, in the New Testament most often for the word love is, is a Greek word called agape. And agape love is, is different 
Um, then some of the other loves, there's different definitions. There's phileo love, which is like a brotherly love. There's eros love, which is a, a romantic or a sexual love. And there's, there's different ways of, of describing love, and there's different actual Greek words for love. But the New Testament almost exclusively uses the word agape. And the word agape, actually, you don't even find it in, um, in, in common uh, Greek of the time very often, but the Bible uses it all over the place. And the Bible really, I, I want to read some passages to you that I think are going to help us to understand how the Bible defines love. And, and before I even get there, I want to give you a, a definition of what agape love is. And so agape love is a deep, sacrificial affection and care despite disappointment and rejection. You know, it's, it's easy to love people when they're lovable. How about when they're normal? That's even doable. But when they're difficult, when people get ugly, when people start causing problems and they start talking about you behind your back, when people are, 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 are you know, they're, they're, they're costing you money or they're taking your time. Now we're talking about something that goes real deep. It's going to take a love that, that's, not, that's not something that we give based on how someone performs for us. A, a love that's given not based on how someone responds to us. So I want to I show you from the Word of God how God defines love and what does it look like. Look at this. This is a passage from the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is probably the most poignant example of God's love in the Old Testament. And if you don't know the story, um, Hosea was a prophet that God came to and he says, Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute. Now, some stories in the Bible are meant to be uh, lived out. Some are just there to teach us a lesson. This would be one of those that I'm not necessarily advising you to repeat. But that's what God said to Hosea. He said, Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute. Why? Because I want to show the people of Israel how I love them. He was saying, Hosea, the people of Israel, they're like a prostitute. They keep running away, but I want to marry them anyways. Listen to this. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. Did you guys hear that? The more that they were called, the more that they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. God's love was not based on, on their faithfulness. In fact, just the opposite. God's love was present in the midst of their unfaithfulness. 
God's love was committed to them before they were even born. When they were a little child, when Israel was a little child, his love was committed to them even before they did anything right or wrong. And even though God knew that they were going to run from him. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God's love cannot be broken. God's love does not change its mind. God's love is unconditional. And God's love cannot be earned. Now this is a tall order. I don't know about you, but that's, that's some pretty serious stuff because look at what this passage says. This is, this is something that's incredible. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Did you hear that? The way that Jesus loved us, that's the way that we're supposed to love other people. You know, at the, the risk of sounding a little flippant, I, uh, the love that we're talking about here is a little bit kind of like being a Cubs fan. You see, Cubs fans pre 2016 were committed to the Cubs even after disappointment after disappointment after failure after failure hundreds of years <laughs> of just of just not delivering the mail but you you know, the Cubs win the World Series in 2016, and it's like one of the largest gatherings of humans on the planet in all of history. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand that. That's kind of, that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's a love that goes beyond what someone does for you. It's a love that goes deeper. It's a love that says, I don't care if you perform because my love for you is not based on what I can get. It's based on what I am going to give. Love is a decision. Love is a decision that we all have to make. It's not a feeling. Can I just tell you that there's a lie that's going around that you can fall in love and out of love. When you look at love from the Bible, the Bible talks about love very differently because that means that this is a feeling that I have towards someone or something, but love is not a feeling. Love is a decision, it's an action that we do. Love is something that comes from a deep place inside of who we are and does not change based on circumstances. So if that's the case, I wanna dive into this passage and I wanna say, okay, so how do we love people that don't deserve it? Because just because we know that this is the, 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 the place that we're shooting for, it doesn't make it easy. Have you noticed that? Now, you guys are quiet today. I'm not sure if you're convicted or 
you know, you guys slept in longer than the last service. You guys should be like ready to go. You know what I mean? No? Okay. All right. We're still getting there. That's all right. Did you guys not sleep in? It's 1030. We're good. 1130. We're good. Middle of the day. Here we go. Listen, I want to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. Let's read this together. I believe that this is going to hold the keys for us in how we're supposed to love those who don't deserve it. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Listen to this. But God. You see, with our reasoning, with our understanding, love goes to a certain point. And that's how it works in, in, in our world today, and we see that all over the place. You know, at a certain point, Everyone just kind of is like, well, now that they kind of crossed that line, you're, you're not under obligation to love anymore. You know, it, well, they might risk their life for a really good person, but for like a criminal? They might risk their life for someone that is like really, you know, uh, like a little child. They're innocent, but for someone that has lived an entire life of of unproductivity and, and, and sin and, and all sorts of filth, would someone die for that person? But God. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, can we put our hands together for the love of God that died for us while we were sinners? Hallelujah. God, we just pray right now that this verse would change us. As we look into your word, I ask, Holy Father, that you would show us your love in a new light and that you would give us a fresh revelation so that we could live like Jesus lived, so that our life would be an outpouring of your heart. So that what we do and what we say, oh God, would communicate your love for the world around us. Lord Jesus, we need you and we look to you right now. So open up our hearts. Lord, change our minds that we might be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if I was to boil down uh, what this message is about or how to communicate what we're talking about I would probably say that to love is to give no matter what it costs. Amen. To love is to give, praise the Lord. To love is to give no matter what it costs. It, it doesn't matter what the payment is. It doesn't matter how steep the, the, the offense is. Love is something that we give. Love is all about what we can give. It's not about what we can get. When we love, we go with the assumption, with the understanding that I am not going to receive something. I am going to give something. And you know, I believe that if we understood this, this subtle difference, our lives would be different. We wouldn't be so frustrated at people. 
Sometimes I, I, I catch myself being so frustrated and so sometimes even annoyed by other people and I forget that love is something that I am supposed to give nonstop. Love is some, something that's supposed to just flow out of me because of who is inside of me. Love is something that I need to be pouring out of my life, not because the people or the circumstances in my life are treating me well, but because God is in me. I hope that, I hope that you're ready for this today. The first thing that, that the Lord shows us in this passage is he says, but God demonstrates Love must be demonstrated. You know, it's interesting because what I found is that sometimes you could, you could say, well, you know, I forgave them and I love them. <laughs> so do you love them? Yeah. I forgave them for what they do. Okay, I love you. You know, how many of you have been in that boat before? You, you don't have to raise your hand. I know it's a little embarrassing. I've been there. I'll, I'll raise my hand for you. But we've all been there, right? You're like, well, I, I love them, but I don't like them. <laughs> Which that doesn't make any sense to me. I love them because I have to, because the Bible says, you know, but how many of you know that doesn't really work? I mean, if you really love someone, you demonstrate that love. I've never seen someone walk down the aisle with their bride and say, eh, she doesn't need a ring. When you love someone, you give to them. When you love someone, you show them. If you can't hug somebody, you don't love them. If you, if you might say, well, I, I just don't like hugging. Okay, well, that's, that's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll just get over it. Let's do it. <laughs> if you love someone, you're willing to demonstrate it. You're willing to show it. You don't have to have someone twist your arm and, you know, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I do. I love you. You know, it's like those words should flow naturally from our lips. I love you. Everybody, you know what? Let's just practice. Everybody say, I love you. Thank you. I really feel that. I'm encouraged. We can go home now. When you love someone, you're willing to demonstrate it. You know, sometimes, sometimes uh, I, my, my kids, sometimes um, I, have, I have three little kids and uh, sometimes they get into little little squabbles, you know, normal stuff. And uh, and so if you have kids, you kind of probably know the dynamic that I'm going to be talking about because sometimes when you say, okay, uh, we we have this this bathroom which is like the um, it's the uh, the negotiation room, um, and it's it's on the main floor there. And so the the kids, and then that's the place where all of the problems are worked out. You know, it's like Camp David. You know, it's like. You go there when uh, negotiation needs to be bad. So you, you go to this bathroom and you kind of talk through some things. So, 
So, the, so when our kids get into an argument, it's like, okay, go to the purple bathroom and you guys work it out, you know? And what happens is they go in there and this is typically the conversation that, that, that proceeds. It says, okay, I'm sorry that I hit you. Will you please forgive me? The other person says, yes, I forgive you. I'm sorry that I threw that football in your face. And then they walk out of the room and say, okay, done. And I say, oh, you know what? That was lame. Let's come back and let's try it again. I just say, okay, let's try it again. Okay, now you say, this time, I want you to look them in the eye. And I want you to say, I forgive you. And then after you say that, I want you to say, I love you. And they usually go, I forgive you, and I, I love you. And you can see there's this powerful thing that takes place. Because even though they don't feel it, when you demonstrate love, your feelings oftentimes follow that demonstration. And what happens is you're watching this ice cap melt in the microwave because you're seeing I love you. They're looking at their eyes. They're forcing you. I'm forcing them. They don't even have an option. I'm forcing them to make a connection with each other. And when they do that, then sometimes I still feel like there's a little chill in the air. And I say, okay, now I want you to hug each other. <laughs> and then they go. And, you know, sometimes it's like you've never seen, like, you think that their arms are like noodles. You know, it's like limp. It's like. But you know what's funny? Every time that that exercise goes through, did you know what? Every single time, their hearts are free. They walk away from that and they're like, all right, it's done. You know, it's just a football in my face. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's okay. It's still my brother, it's still my sister. It's still, it's still someone that I actually do love. But love grows cold when it's not demonstrated. And Jesus knew this because he says, I wanna not just tell you that I love you from heaven and just be like, hey, I love you. I hope you believe me. Here's the Bible. It doesn't work like that. No, Jesus says, no, I'm going to come and demonstrate how much I love you because I want you to never be able to doubt the fact that I gave up everything so that you would know without a shadow of a doubt, I love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you've got to prove it. Talk is cheap, but when it comes to love, sometimes you just got to prove it. And so if we're supposed to demonstrate love, then it's important that we know, okay, well, how, how are we supposed to demonstrate it? Well, I want to, I, I think that this passage, it really shows us something that's so incredible. It says that while we were still, everybody say it, sinners, you know, it's easy to love save people 
sometimes. When they're acting saved. But, you know, when people are sinners, when, the, when people are acting like sinners, you know, it's like, especially when saved people act like sinners. Man, that's the worst. Sometimes it's hard, it's hard to love people when they're, when they're acting crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to love somebody when they're giving you a raise, but when your boss is, is uh, trying to get everything out of you that they can before they fire you, that's hard to love. It's hard to love when you get overworked and underpaid. Amen. Somebody, somebody, amen. We feel you, brother. It's hard because sometimes people don't treat us the right way. It's hard to love when your husband is checked out. It's hard to love when your wife disrespects you in front of other people. It's hard to love when your child that you have invested everything in and you bought them every piece of plastic that they want and they still don't listen to you. It's just putting your shoes away. That's all I ever wanted. It's hard to love sinners, but that's the example that Jesus gave us. You see, because when, when there's someone that's a sinner, that's where love is actually shown. You see, because love is most powerful when they least deserve it. Love is the most powerful when it's least deserved. I, I think that sometimes God, he says, you know, I'm gonna wait to show up in your life until you see how dark it is without me. I think that there's this, when you understand how bad someone can be, then you, then you begin to, to feel how much love actually costs. You see, because love is most powerful when it is least deserved. <laughs> When someone has cheated on you and you say, I still love you. When someone has walked away from you when they were supposed to be that friend that was never going to leave you. And then you find out that they're talking about you behind your back. And you go to them and, and they, they deny it. That's the point where love becomes costly. You see, because... Love is most powerful when it's got a backdrop of ugly. Listen to this, Luke 6, 32 through 35 says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Amen. Love the people that spit in your face. Love the people that steal from you. Love the people that would kill you if they had the opportunity. 
Love the people that are going to lie to you and that are going to cheat on you and that are going to do everything that they can to be selfish other instead of giving you what you deserve. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Well, wait, wait, wait a second. You only lend. Lending means you're going to get it back. But when you, when you have the love of God, he begins to change the norm of society. He begins to change what is normally expected. And you could say, you know what? I, I, I care about you so much, even though you're mistreating me, I'm still going to give you the best I have. You see, love says, I'm going to give you my very best, even though all I expect is your worst. That's what Jesus did. That's how he loved us. Listen, I want to say something. This is important. Sometimes we think love is something, well, I'll love them when they prove to me that they're not going to hurt me anymore. You see, I'll, I see this in marriages all the time, and even in my own marriage sometimes. There's an arm's length between a, a husband and a wife, or it, it doesn't matter, any relationship really, and there's an arm's length. Why? Because trust has been broken, because, because a wall has been broken down. Something has been cheated or hurt, or, or a word has been spoken that just cut to the core. And, and so there's this gap and there's this distance, and both people are afraid to take a step because they're saying, I want the other person to step first because I don't trust that they're going to steward the love that I give to them very well. But that's not how love works. You see, love is like a faucet that you can't turn off. It doesn't, you don't have the option to say, well, now I'm going to turn my love off. God's love never gets turned off. God's love is an eternal fountain because God is love. And when you come to him, you find love. It's a part of his character and it doesn't stop based on behavior or response. And so what happens is these marriages, they're so far apart until finally one person decides, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if they respond well. I can only change myself. Did you know you can't change your spouse? Did you know that? You knew that. We all know that now. You can't change anyone else. You can't change them. They, they're their own person. They read the Bible and they're responsible for what they read in the Bible, but you can't change them. And you can't preach to them enough to change them. You have to allow God to change someone else's heart. The only question that you have for yourself is, God, am I allowing you to change my heart? Don't wait. Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. Give the Lord a hand. He's changing hearts. Don't wait for God to change the other person's heart or else you're going to be in a stalemate for the rest of your life. Don't wait for the other person to be more mature. Don't wait for the other person to be more godly. You be the godly person. 
You be the one that says, I will love, I will forgive, I will take that step, I will take that risk, and I'm not expecting anything in return because love doesn't cost anything. It's free. And you'd lay it out there. And you know what? That's the scary thing about love. The scary thing about love is that it's painful and it hurts sometimes because you offer your heart to someone and you say, I love you and I am passionately committed to you regardless of what you do with me. That's love. And so when you do that, guess what? You're gonna get hurt. And I, I, I was, you know, not too long ago, I was talking to somebody and they said, well, you know what? If I do that, then X, Y, and Z is gonna happen. I said, you know what? You're probably right. If you take that risk and you take a step towards them, you're right, that's probably gonna happen. I said, but it's worth it. It's worth losing whatever you thought that you were gonna lose in order to let them know, I am gonna show you that I actually am willing to take that first step because love is most powerful when it's least deserved. It's easy to love someone when they're nice, but that's not what gets you through the hard times. What gets you through the hard times is the love that says, I'm never gonna quit on you. I'm never gonna give up on you because God never gave up on me. And it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what is in your mind, I am gonna love you. Now listen, I wanna just say this because there might be someone in the room, there might be more than one person in the room, you're in an abusive relationship. You're being physically abused or sexually abused. And I just want to clarify here, I am not saying that you have to allow someone to, to devalue you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you can love someone even if it's from a distance. If someone is abusing you, loving them is not saying, well, I just need to give them another chance and keep allowing them to abuse me. That's not, that's not love. Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is allow someone to experience the consequences of their actions. But what I'm talking about is deeper. What I'm talking about is even when someone abuses you, you might have to get away from that situation, but you're able to say, I love you regardless. I forgive you regardless. Even though I've been, even, you know, love is not a doormat, but it can sure take a hit. Love is tough. It, it doesn't die quickly because it's connected to the person who resurrected. Love is something that flows from the heart of God. Listen, you know, in Mozambique, there's a group of people that, um, there's a ministry there, the Irish Ministries, and they do evangelistic outreaches, and there's oftentimes, uh, there's a lot of persecution there. And so what happens is, they go out and they, they preach the gospel, they do events or whatever, they have their speakers and whatnot, and people come, machine guns and They'll, I mean, they'll, they'll kill the, the leaders, they'll, they'll beat them, they'll abuse them, and I mean, it, it's, it's terrible. And it happens pretty often. And so that's illegal in that country, and so they come and they arrest the, perpetr they arrest the perpetrators, they put them in prison, and this ministry's 
uh, uh, custom, I guess you could say, is that whoever received the beating has the privilege of being able to go to the prison cell to forgive the people that were arrested and to tell them, Jesus loves you and we love you and we forgive you. And people who are as opposed to God as you could possibly be, their hearts begin to break because you see, love is most powerful when it's in the midst of being undeserved. It's normal for someone to, to, to love and to forgive someone who's a really kind and nice person, but what about the person that wants to kill you? You know, in not too long ago, Dylan Roof opened fire at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. He killed nine people. You guys remember this story. And you know what happened? I remember watching this on the news. I don't remember where I was, but I remember it just wrecked me. I'm sitting there, and I see this young man walk into this, to this cage. He's around armed guards, and he's behind glass, and he's in the box. The judge is there, and the family members of the people that had been killed were right there. And one by one, they all came up, and they said, we forgive you. We forgive you. We forgive you. You see, Jesus was willing to sacrifice. Final thing that's required is that love always requires a sacrifice. You see, loving people always requires you to die. If you're married, you're like, amen. <laughs> you know. How many, how many husbands in this place do they say, yes, dear? Why do you say that? Because you love them. Well, that's what somebody says, she's the boss. That's right, amen, uh, I think. So it's like, you, you know, you... You're at a place where you say, you know what, because I love you, I am going to submit myself. I'm going to do something maybe that I don't want to do. Maybe I even feel wronged. Maybe I'm allowing justice to just say, you know what, justice might not be had today. I'm going to just allow, even though I'm right, because we're always right. <laughs> even though I'm right, I'm going to let that part of me just die right now. Because me being right is not worth them not receiving love. When I love someone, I have to die. I have to say, I'm willing to let all of what I want and who I am be laid down and sacrificed so that you can know, you know what? I care about you and I love you because that's what Jesus did for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, he showed us a perfect love, a love that no other person had ever shown. You see, Jesus lived the perfect life, and he says, even though you don't care, even though most of you won't accept it, 
Even though my sacrifice will be mocked, even though people are not going to understand, it doesn't matter. Because when I go to the cross, I'm laying it all down and I'm showing them I am willing to die for you because it is the greatest act of love that anyone could do. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And you know, today, I believe that God, he wants to awaken a love in you that you might not have even known is in you. Because if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior here today, the love of God is in you. And maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I, I don't, I, I've, not, I've not been around the, the things of God very much and I, I don't really know uh, the Bible and what you're saying Pastor David is, is new to me. Maybe you're here and you didn't even know that regardless of what you do, God loves you. You thought that you had to come to church and you actually had to work for God to love you. You thought that you had to clean up your behavior. You thought that you had to change everything before God loves you. And that's actually not true. You see, God loves people while they are sinners. God loves you no matter where you come from and no matter what you've done. God loves you despite you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He picked you before time began. You're here today. I believe that you are here today because God loves you. You know, if you're here today and you've never accepted the love of Jesus, I'm not saying that just because God loves you, it means that you can live however you want. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that no matter how you live, God will love you. What we have to do is we have to say, God, I need you to forgive me, and I want to live with you, and I want you to come inside of me so that I could be brand new. If that's you here today, and, and, and we're going to pray in just a minute, but I just feel to give this invitation. If you're here today, and that's you, and you say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never, I've never accepted the love of God. I've never accepted the forgiveness that God brings. And I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. If that's you, and there might be one, there might be five, there might be none. But if that's you, just lift up your hand where you're at. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on, lift up your hand if, if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I want to pray for you. Thank you. I want to pray for you. Come on, can we all just pray together? Everyone just close your eyes. Dear Jesus, everyone just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for coming to the earth and offering everything so that I could have you. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Wash them away. I repent. I turn from them. And I want to follow you. Father, I accept your forgiveness. And I accept your lordship over my life. Thank you 
for dying on the cross and rising from the dead so that I can live a brand new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, can we put our hands together for those of us who have just accepted Christ? You know, you never want to miss an opportunity to put your life in the hands of Jesus. And today, just as Jesus has forgiven people right in this room, maybe you need to forgive someone else. Can you stand to your feet? Maybe as I was talking, you're saying, you know what, Pastor David, I don't know, that seems like a pretty tall order. I don't know if that kind of insurmountable love, that love that never breaks down and it never stops, I don't know if I can love someone that way. You don't know how I've been hurt. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know how many times they've done this to me. I want to tell you today that, you know what, Jesus came to the earth and the first step of love was forgiveness. When he came to the earth, he died, and he provided a way that we might be forgiven so that we can then enter into the rest of God's love and his relationship with him. And today, I believe that some of you, you have to say, you know what, I'm going to just release this person. There's someone in your life that maybe you've had a hard time loving, but today, God is going to give you the grace to say, you know what, I'm going to love that person that doesn't deserve my love because that's true love. And I want the kind of love that God has shown to me to flow through me. So if that's you, come on, everybody just close your eyes and just begin to just forgive that person. If there's a person in your life, sometimes it might be something that you have to say, you know what, I, I can't believe that they did this, but God, today I forgive them, I release them. In Jesus' name, it doesn't matter if you feel it. Don't feel like you have to feel it. Love is a decision that you make. Forgiveness is something that you offer to people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Release in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been bound for years. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. They're already free. You got to forgive them now. Release yourself from that. Release yourself from that. Forgive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, be overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I could earn it, I don't deserve it, still you. love. 
today. The love that we need to give to someone else, it does not originate with us. The love that the people around you need to receive does not originate with you. Listen to this verse. This is a promise, and I want every single person here to receive this as a word from the Lord for you. Listen to this, Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Did you hear that? God's love has been poured out into your heart. So even if you felt like, well, I don't have that kind of love, that's okay. It's been deposited in you. The love that you need can flow through you because it's been poured in you. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray, God, release your love through them in the most difficult circumstances, in the most challenging situations, release your love through them. Release your love through them.
I pray that the supernatural love of heaven would flow through us. That the world would know that we're your disciples based on the love that we show to each other. I pray that love would be the thing that marks us. It would be the thing, oh God, Lord, that we look to and we say, this is how people know that you are who you said you are. Because your love is still alive in us. God bless every person here. Send them forth, oh God, full of your love, full of your forgiveness and free in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, give somebody a hug. Tell them that you love them. And we'll see